Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So I'm, I'm back to work, you know, yesterday. I, I was, know. And I got to tell you, that shit kicked my ass. I mean, it was just busy on top of... I just I have a physically demanding job where I do body work all day Mm -hmm. and I now have to like disinfect the entire space in between clients uh, as a courtesy and wear a face shield and a face mask and glasses all day long. Yeah. And it's just it was just a lot. You know, I I was at work for about 11 and a half hours yesterday um, because I'm working two really long shifts, which is fine. It's just that I have to get used to it. But I got to say, that last client, while I put all my heart into it, my body was like, stop, stop moving. I want my quarantine couch life back right now. Not to mention, like, I had, I, I, I did a little bit of uh, investing in a new pair of shoes and I got myself a pair of basic black, very server savvy professional black dance goes so mm-hmm. i have an ex who um we're, we're good friends and he knew how much i did not like i don't like seeing anyone wear these outside of a workspace sure i would actually they have very very cute <laughs> you should look at how cute of shoes they have now but the but professional you, ones are a very specific the, the look. professional clog and he constantly threatened to buy a pair of dance goes <laughs> Just to get a rise out of me. He's like, look what's in my shopping cart, you know, and I'd be like, no, no, you know, just because he threatened to wear them, you know, with like shorts and no socks too, and Uh just and just uh be clogging around, being my boyfriend, clogging around. They advertise that they can go with anything. No, they the thing. They go that's that's what they say. They say they go you can wear them with any outfit. That is their claim. They go (laughs) with a rubber kitchen mat right beneath them is where they Mm go. Or, you know, like stepping in a pool of blood in the ER. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Well, you guys, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. And I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. And here we are. Here. Yep. Day 112-ish. <laughs> I'm going to say that. I think that's right. We were just talking. I'm back to work. Day one. Hopefully I can stay at work. Um, not everybody is so lucky as we have found out. This week, this week has proven differently that, you know what, if you're not going to be a big kid, you can't sit at the fucking big kid table, Brooke. That's kind of how I'm feeling about shit. Yeah, yeah. It's it's getting real out there. Um, Just people who believe their own reality versus people who listen to scientists. And it's, (laughs) it's... You know, it's turned into a weird uh, cultural war that I never saw coming, really. I mean, 
But first things first, I uh, just want to say, uh, if you've just joined our Side Work Podcast family, hi, welcome. Hi there, welcome, nice to see you. We just want to say, uh, yeah, like, like us, like us in the way of uh, rating, reviewing, subscribing, listening mm-hmm. to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or what have you, and uh, check out all the other LPN shows. Just yeah, had to get that out of the way. Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, I like that we do it in the beginning that everybody just immediately clicks away to go do other things. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> they're like, that's right. I could be listening to another show. Bye. Oh, man. <laughs> I know. But like and like like us before you do that is what we're saying to you guys. You know, usually we separate headlines and COVID content, but this week, everything there's it's just all the same thing. So, <laughs> it's all very covid So what I'm saying, you guys, is it's time for some Headlines slash COVID. So jumping into headlines, uh, uh, the Yelp report came out. Oh boy, oh boy. By the way, let's just shout it out to Eater for all their amazing content and keeping like all the amazing headlines and information about the restaurant industry and everything that's going on. They're yeah. the best. If you if y'all are in the service industry or just a food curious like the rest of us, like truly eater.com is one of my favorite websites out there They're doing so good. doing the lords work. Oh my god. So, Yelp released its economic impact report detailing the changes that restaurants, retail and other industries have gone um they've undergone like the hardships that they've undergone uh because of the pandemic and the protests because you know businesses are closing up because of like protesting and especially on main drags just to be safe. Um so according to Yelp, 53% of restaurants that have closed since March 1st have indicated permanent closures on their Yelp pages. So that sucks. That's rough. Yeah. You know, and this is so heartbreaking because I I don't know if they broke down the like the statistics of what kind of restaurants closed within this 53 percent of closing. But we initially reported that 90 percent of small businesses owned by women and people of color weren't going to make it through this pandemic. Yeah. Only upside is since we reported that that all of this push towards ending, you know, racism and fighting for social justice has seen a huge push into black owned businesses and restaurants. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting to see if hopefully that's debunked in a way. Um, but still just, we need our restaurants. This is, these are people's dreams, you know? It, yeah. It can't just I all mean, this be. This is, which is weird. And if you're talking statistics, it's like this is saying that like shared food places are what's up. So like fondue places, I don't, hot pot places, buffets, like all of that is up and spiking as far as like, but like as far as the, like where people are going in the time of COVID. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Get out of my hot pot. <laughs> yeah. When like your servers are basically walking sneeze guards, you know, already like. It just seems a lot to have shared meals at this moment. And maybe that is what people are craving is like this, the shared meal, the community sense of things. But like, fuck, man, as much as I love salad bars and as much as we've talked about it, I'm not going. No. You know, there's just and that's actually, yeah, a good segue into the fact that soup plantation just (laughs) 
declared bankruptcy as well. Yeah. Um, I always drive past one that was on uh, Los Feliz Boulevard. Mm-hmm. Anytime I'm heading into like see you at work or, or, you know, head toward Griffith. And I just, oh, yes. I always was just like, what the fuck does that even mean? That oh. name of a... I know it's a troubled name, um, but maybe I'm part oh, of the yes. problem. Plantation is not going to fly in restaurant names anymore. Like, no. I think it's time to shut that down. Yeah. I was like, you're canceled. Your name is canceled, first of all. But then also, I'm I'm probably part of the problem where I'm like, I don't eat at salad bar soup corrals. Right. I mean, I, I, I actually, and I will say, uh, I don't think, I'm not sorry I never ate at a soup plantation, but I'll always wonder. Uh, <laughs> I will always wonder. But now they're auctioning off all of their items. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. So like you can get yourself a fucking soft serve machine. I could install a goddamn salad bar in my living room if I wanted to, Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> Andrea, oh my God. I, You know what? I still haven't gotten you a birthday present. So, <laughs> well, you know, it would definitely be like a situation where I'd be like, Brian, the shredded cheddar cheese is low. Can you please? <laughs> I like a salad bar. I like a potato bar. I like any sort of bar when the when it's like, you know, I get to do the work. You know, I get to choose what, how disgusting I want my salad to be. <laughs> it just doesn't have to be pre-disgusted for me. I make the choices I make. <laughs> I think uh, right now we just throw to my uh, my um, salad joke, my panic salad joke from my yeah. John Oliver set. Can we just, Brian, can we cut away to my uh, joke and hatred for salad bars? I can't stand all these salad restaurants popping up all over the place. Like they've got stupid names. Like you chop it. Just like toss your own salad. <laughs> And they're awful because they trick you into thinking that, like, making your own salad is, like, fast, fun, and easy. And you walk in believing you know what tastes good on a salad. But then you get in line and you forget everything. Everything. It's so intimidating. You start sweating. You get up to, like, the counter and there's just, like, a small Latino dude with, like, a metal bowl and tongs just mad-dogging you. Like some sort of undefeated salad warrior. You're going down. It's crazy. And you have to pick six ingredients. Like, I always start out really confident. I'm like, romaine. Then it gets in my head, second ingredient. I'm like, apples? I I don't know. Then I just lose my mind with the third ingredient. I'm like, candy corn. (laughs) Then I black out. And I wake up at the register with a $19 dome of bull that I have to eat. So segueing and keeping with the theme of uh, restaurants closing, can we please take a minute to send a little RIP, a little love out to Chuck E. Cheese slash Showbiz Pizza slash recently Pasquale's Pizza and Wings yeah. is closing forever. Um, No, they're filing Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Wait, wait. Yeah, no, it's so they can come back bigger and better, and pro, you but, know. No, I know. Did I? But I was confused. It's I know because I think we all think sometimes chap, uh, filing, you know, for bankruptcy means you're done. It means some of the franchises ain't going to make it. But when you get money, when you go bankrupt, when you, it's like not a great look. But they plan on being back 
and bitter than ever. Wait. Being around for another 40 years. Oh my God. I felt so dumb, but now I feel so okay about great, it. Great, great. I know. I Everyone deserves some good news here. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to tell you what I did. And either way, I would suggest you guys do this. Go down a little rabbit hole, if you will. Because you do you remember uh, the guy that bought the animatronics oh, like yeah. years and years ago and did the Rock of Fire band? Mm-hmm. Uh and he would do modern songs like Arcade Fire and do it in his garage and you could watch him sing. It's the fucking best. It's great. All, oh, yeah. Just don't, also, if you won't. Just don't be stoned and watch it. It gets creepy after a little bit. Oh, well, I like to be stoned and watched. I figure, like, what else are you going to be? I don't know. Maybe not on. For me, I can feel like I can go there. Mushrooms would be a different thing. But can you imagine if... Chuck E. Cheese, and I'm sure you can still find them. If some are closing, and definitely you can still find some of these old animatronics, which there are also uh, links to how terrible, terrible <laughs> shape a lot of these animatronics are in. So you can basically see uh, funny videos, which aren't that funny, but they are. They get better. There's top 10 lists that I dove into. And toward the end, it's basically like Chuck E. Cheese singing and one of his eyeballs just starts going looking everywhere <laughs> they look like they all look like they have rabies <laughs> it's really not okay the poor the, the shit shape that these animatronics that were just at at one point in our childhood the one of the grandest things we'd ever seen yeah have been reduced to like not having the back of their head the entire day <laughs> while entertaining children <laughs> um i also was thinking like chuck e cheese again uh working at a chuck e cheese and having malfunctioning animatronics as a server there must be like, look, I'm just here to bring you pizza. I'm not here to... I know Chucky's e. Cheese's eyes spinning around. <laughs> I know that the bird is obviously possessed by a demon. But, like, do you need a refill on this pitcher of soda? Because that's my fucking job. Like, ma'am, I don't operate the animatronics. <laughs> do I look like an electrical engineer? this article i love that's basically saying that the slogan the customer is always right is not really valid anymore it just isn't oh i think it's you know it, mm-hmm. it really makes a ton of sense it's like uh owners and workers at restaurants are they're dealing with so much shit right now not only dealing with like the challenge of like closing the restaurant and trying to keep it afloat with to goes through everything, but then reopening it with like all the safety procedures in place, not only for their front of house, back of house staff themselves, and and then having to spend money to make everything safe, but then having to deal with diners on top of it, who from this article, a lot of people mock the whole situation I know. that are coming in to eat at these restaurants they're not falling in line when it comes to complacencies and new protocol and it's making everybody's job so much harder it really is and again it it kind of just feeds into this we are just seeing more than ever like the like the mask well i shouldn't use the word mask the veil has been lifted off you know we want people to be masked yes you don't lift that mask but (laughs) the veil is being lifted off and exposing you know, 
it's one thing to have been selfish before this, right? Mm-hmm. Be- and now to see some customers even doubling down on how selfish they are and how their behavior in some instances is even less grateful and more entitled in the time of COVID is really startling. Like what have we done as a society to be it's, so focused on ourselves, you know, it's totally true. And, you know, and they're in this article specifically saying like fine dining, hospitality, it's it's thought of as a yes culture, you mm-hmm. know, where it's like, again, the customer is always right. Whatever they want, they get. But it's like in these times, it's like we almost have to dismantle like so many things we're talking about. Mm-hmm. So many broken systems need to be dismantled. And like everybody has to unlearn and relearn that it's safety first. Safety first right now. This is an era of safety first. No no mm-hmm. safety, no restaurant for you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like, well, if someone's being an asshole and not following the rules you, and you just need to make sure your staff has your back and and it is, are you going to sacrifice your tip because of it? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, a, that's another fucked up thing. And, you know, we're going to talk about this and we're going to continue to talk about this is just getting a fair wage specifically one fair wage um a group that we have talked about several times uh, making sure that servers going back into work are getting a living fucking wage right and especially in this time when your wages are already so cut by literally 50 percent because you know, the, the spaces have to be distanced. That means you're going to get half the business you were used to, half the mm-hmm. tips. And to have someone more than ever threatening to not tip you because they're like, it's like the stakes are so much higher. They're not going to wear a mask and they're not going to tip you. So it's like you could get COVID and not get money. Like, right. what yeah. the fuck? Right. Like we're your servers. We're not your servants. Exactly. That's what this article states. And I fully agree with that. And I think it's but also realize that reopenings are also being done because restaurants are open because they care about people. They want to feed people. They want community. Mm -hmm. They want all these things. So they're trying. We're all trying as hard as we can, you know, and it's a mixed bag. And I will say this, you know, this article in particular highlighted restaurants that are doing good and doing the right thing. However, we have listeners who have been sending us messages that are really alarming about their places of business where they have completely negligible owners and managers who are just saying, yeah, jam them in here. We don't give a shit if they wear masks or not. So it's not across the board. So if one restaurant downtown LA or whatever per se is like, yeah, just come in. We don't give a shit. We just want money and don't care about our staff eats there and they get to have that behavior reinforced. Then of course they're going to come to your restaurant that's doing the right thing and throw a shit fit. And so that's what sucks is there's no uniformity across the board in restaurants because we're not protected before COVID or even during COVID. And right. it all comes down to whether or not you have a shitty owner who doesn't care about safety. They never did before. And they're yeah. sure as shit not going to now. Well, and then you've got, you know, and on top of that, shall we name all the states where restaurants have shut down again? Oh, do it. Let's, this is a fun ongoing oh, list. here we go. Idaho has shut down again, which I'm like, oh, Idaho. I didn't even think they were trending. I forgot Idaho existed even. Uh, Florida, we all knew was happening already. I think everybody pretty much knows that's a no-brainer. Idaho was like a little underdog, you know. Mm-hmm. Arizona, yes, we know. 
Um, Texas, of course. And as of yesterday, California mm-hmm. back and uh, also Michigan. Uh, yeah. So I found out about Michigan yesterday because my parents are both at home on the mend. Wait. From the the mend? The mend. Um, last week when we recorded, I didn't want to say anything because I wanted to make sure that they were both going to be okay, but both of my parents have COVID. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, we don't have to get into it too much, but they have been model quarantine people. My mom is a nurse. My dad, you know, uh, he's retired, but I mean, like, they have done every last thing correct. And then, listen, I'm only going to talk about it real quickly here on the podcast because they promised that I wouldn't put it on social media and they don't listen to my podcast. So <laughs> you found a way to out your parents. I found, it's a very important thing. They have been, it was literally, you know, uh, my brother has been quarantined with his daughter and they went to visit. Um, and there were just a few breaches of people who were kind of like not in the quarantine circle who were very casually you know like kind of coming in and out like the girl my brother's dating and they were inside you know getting to know one another she works in a bar hard to say was it her and then they got invited to um like a like a good friend's backyard quote-unquote distanced kids birthday party which they didn't I know they didn't feel great about it and they didn't exactly know if they should go or not they both decided to go with my brother to see this old friend of his that they've known since they were kids since my brother was a kid and they showed up and this ding dong it was at least 50 people unmasked running around in a backyard. And my parents really kept their distance. And my dad, you know, he's like, I only interacted with like maybe one person within like a six foot range. He's like, we kept our distance, but like they went, they didn't take masks for themselves. And like they, they came back home and within like 48 hours, they both had COVID. So is your brother okay? My brother's okay. Is there anybody else in that group or that party that came down with it? I'm asking, and I asked my parents too, um, you know, uh, what's going on. But like, obviously I'm like, knock on wood, neither of them had uh, respiratory issues develop, which is huge, you know, which means they're just not feeling great, but on the mend, you know, but they're like 10, they're like 10 days out. And they're wow. embarrassed. They're fucking embarrassed that they sure, have COVID, man. you know? And I I, I get yeah. it. I, I like, I get it. But it's like... Um, I don't think that there should be embarrassment. I mean... There shouldn't be embarrassment, especially... La- there was a lapse in judgment and they... we Yeah. And this we, is just... So it's just an example to yes. everybody else. I think people need to hear that very smart, conscientious people had like one lapse in judgment because they felt safe because they were so excited to see family. They've missed my brother and their granddaughter so badly. And they made a choice, you know, to do it as safely as they could. And it's like one crack in the system and both my parents got it. You know, it's true. I mean, I think you're talking, we can relate that again to this article talking about Mm -hmm. um, restaurant owners who are just like, they've been so cautious. And then 
they open and they're trying to do things as best as they can. And before you know it, the staff is sick. You know, yep. it's it it is a slippery fucking slope out there. It is, and it's unfortunate. So, well, let's change things up. Yeah, we? should we move on to some yeah. server, server submitted, submitted stories? All right, you guys, uh, this one is from Kiara Rodriguez. She says, hello, ladies, love the podcast and thought I would finally submit one of my stories. I worked at a steakhouse in Omaha, Nebraska for four years. Hell yeah. Shout out Omaha. She says, I started as a host, moved to to go serving and then finally to an official server. Throughout these positions, I always found that the rude customers would only start showing respect when you were slightly rude back. Oh, my God. I love this. Oh, I love it. Here we go. It was a very fine line, but a prime example happened during a late lunch rush. Typically between 2.30 and 4, there's only two servers max, and we always got slammed. Oh, my God. I can relate to that. Uh-huh. So hard. When you're like, yeah, yeah, go home. You're cut. And then you're like, I'm drowning. <laughs> Okay, she says, on one such occasion, I got triple sat with two tops. Ooh, boy. But she says, I knew I could handle it as I planned to just go down the line getting drinks, yeah. apps, and orders, which is what you do, girl. As I was getting a rhythm down, I went to my second table to get their order. It was an old woman and her middle-aged daughter. I walked up and said, all right, ladies, are we ready to order? The old woman glared at me and said, we've been ready for a long time. That's how I imagine she sounds. Okay. When I apologized for her weight, she said, well, sorry isn't going to fix it. I didn't have time to fuck around, so I asked her how she would like me to fix the problem. Oh, snap. Okay. Uh Of course, she said she didn't know, so I replied with, well, I'm here to take your order, so we can do that. Ooh, girl. I was scared. (laughs) I was scared there was going to be backlash, but she quietly gave me her order and then didn't give me any more grief. I've never felt so proud of myself. Again, love the pod and love you guys. Godspeed and good health. Oh, my God. Hell yeah. Fuck you, lady. I don't care if it's like you decided to get a late lunch and you've been out shopping. You're the one who's like hungry or whatever happened. Like, good for Kiara. I love this story so much. And I think it relates a lot back to the customer is not always right. Maybe if we just start brutally being rude to all of the customers from now on, they'll be like, yes, thank you. I'll have another refill. I mean, if that's okay with you. I mean, I mean. Do you want me to leave? I can leave and I'll leave money. Here's a pile of money. Yeah. I'm sorry. I know. We need to we need to assert ourselves. You don't need to be rude, but you can be dominant and you can stand in your power and truth. Yeah. Oh my God. Absolutely. I wonder what steakhouse it is. I'm trying I kind of have an idea, but Mm. I'm not gonna say anything. But uh Man, that's awesome. Especially when you get some, especially that late, that late lunch, closing lunch shift, like she was talking about, is so specific. Also, you can fucking bank yes, if you that's can. your shift. I mm-hmm. loved, loved working lunches because I'd be like, you just go. And then, yeah. right, like you say, you do the scramble. It looks like the kitchen and the and the whole restaurant dining room blew up, you know, while mm-hmm. you were alone because you're like, I also cut the busser, <laughs> you know, which is also, like, no. I know, totally. And then like the first like openers for dinner come in and sometimes they get to like take your tables and finish them, but you still get the full tip. Mm-hmm. Like that's also a thing that happens. Yeah. The good old days. Aww. I know. The good old days for sure. 
Well, if you guys have uh, stories or hello, new listeners, hello, an untapped market, Brooke. I know. Please, so if many If you guys new have a gem of a story, old chestnut that you tell when you get drunk at parties about your serving days, we all know you do. Send it our way. We would love to share it with our community. Yeah. Just send it to sideworkpod at gmail.com or you can DM us on Instagram at sideworkpodcast. All right, you guys. Well, moving on to our topic of the day. It's been uh, in the in the cooker for a bit, figuring out how best to educate and um, share this info with you. But we want to tackle the oh so familiar topic of discrimination in restaurant jobs. Uh, as we all know, it's just like part of the job, really, at this point. Um, and we really lucked out and had a listener introduce us to someone who is pushing back and doing awesome work. So please welcome to the show, Q, everybody. Hi, Q. Um, thanks for hi. Thanks, hi, everybody. Thanks for being here. No worries. Yes, thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. We definitely know that you've got a story to tell, but like, Share with us um, some of your service industry experience, like where you got started, how long have you, you know, been bartending, serving, all that good stuff. Um, so I've been serving my ser- first server job. I was 17. It was at Steak and Shake, actually. Nice. That was like the first, first ever <laughs> uh, job. So I've been in the industry for over 10 years now. I'm like, what? Yeah, about 11 or 12 years now. So a very long time to be in That's this industry. That's crazy to yeah, only be 27, too. Like, to only be 27 years old and you're like, I'm kind of a lifer already, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, right? I remember being, like, that young server when all the other servers were, like, you know, 27, 28. And I was like, seems like they hate serving. And now I'm like, wow, you really get up there and you're like, I get it now. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> I get it. I've ruined my I body didn't... and I'm not 30. <laughs> Oh, exactly. So steak and shake. And then where, where'd you go from there? Um, I went from steak and shake to a red lobster. Was it? I was there for three years in Illinois or in Southern Illinois, where I'm from. Mm-hmm. And then I moved up to Chicago and I worked at that location for maybe like another year. Which location was there, it? I, there. Um, I'm trying to think it was like it wasn't not, it was, was it was like was it Lincolnwood? Oh, okay. It was south. Got it. It was south. Got so it. it wasn't even it wasn't it was cra- it was a crazy location to work at, by the Got way. It. Um um, but yeah, it was south. So I worked at that one and then I started working at Elephant and Castle down in downtown Chicago. Nice. I lived in Chicago for like thirteen years, so oh, I know nice. Elephant oh, you know Castle. About it. I do. <laughs> I loved and Elephant and Castle though. It was great. Yeah. And there's a chance, um, I mean, I'm doing it right now. Andrea can't bring up Chicago without bringing up the fact that she worked at Buca de Beppo. Oh, yeah, I worked at Buca <laughs> de Beppo in uh, Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> then now you've been in L.A. and you've mm-hmm. been working, um, from what I understand, at um, it's a chain that's around the Los Angeles, like L.A. County, basically. Um, so there's actually um, the restaurant is called Joey, um, mm-hmm. but there are only two locations in California, in California, downtown LA and then Woodland Hills. Uh, but it's right. a Canadian franchise. So it's a really big Canadian company. Yeah. Just enlighten us with what's going on right now. 
Um, so I worked at Joey pretty much the whole time I lived in LA. Um, I was there for a little over three years, uh, like three and a half years. And the only reason why I stopped working there is because all this COVID happened and they like technically laid off all the employees. Um, so I worked there for a long time, but like I said, before I worked in this restaurant, I had been in restaurants. So I know what it's like to work in a restaurant. So I was working there. And at first, like I, I, I just... I hated it because it was like very, it was just like so much, so different than what I was used to. Um, You know, first off, we tip out about 6% of our sales and that's like the craziest tip out I've ever heard. And then just like the way that the people look that work there, it's like you, obviously you had to look a certain way and then only girls can work in this part of the restaurant. And then they changed our uniform from like jeans and a V-neck to like a dress. And like, there was a pants option too. And then it was, it, it just was like a lot of, red flags when I first started, <laughs> you know, and, and at like when I, like for the first six months, I kept up another serving job as well. So I was only doing that during the day for about five hours and I was getting out five, you know, so at the very beginning, I noticed everything like stuff that was wrong with it, but I just, I had a backup job anyway. So I didn't even, right. I didn't take it too serious. I was just like, all right, whatever. This is a serving job, whatever. Um, and then eventually I started working at Joey full time and I, you know, I was always making good money because I'm a good server. I've been doing this for a long time. So it's pretty easy for me to prove myself as, you know, a server when I like, I know what I'm doing. Right. Um, so I did get like moved up. I mean, I served only for a long time and like they used to try to pressure me to like do other positions. That's a really big thing there. Like you want to move up, you want to do multiple positions. If you're a server, you want to be a bartender, you want to do guest services, you're going to do shift leading. Like, but I used to always like, no, I'm just going to stick to serving, just stick to serving. Eventually I was like, all right, fine. I'll bartend. And eventually I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll shift lead. I'll do it for you. You know, once, once a week, once or twice a week when you need me, but I prefer not to, cause you know, that's a pay cut. Um, so eventually I just started being there and I'm a veteran now, you know, it's been Mm -hmm. like what, two and a half years. And I see a lot of people come and go and the, like the, what is the word I'm looking for? The turnover rate is crazy at Joey. Like I couldn't believe it. So first of all, front of house has about 60 to 70 servers, you know? So it's like a whole lot of, the restaurant's huge. Yeah. Um, It's it's massive, but And that's just for one location or for like both the ones? That's just that that location. It was so many of us. You don't even like know, you don't even Um, like have relationship with your coworkers (laughs) when there's that many employees. You're just like, hi, hello. Who are you? So it was like, and it was a, it was a popular restaurant. It It was just like one of the higher Oh, well, one of the more overpriced restaurants for like a nice ambience. It looks very nice on the inside. And then, of course, you have everybody that works there. It looks like they just walked out of a off a magazine cover. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. just it's one of those places. Um, it's the CNB scene. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's one of those places. And I was one of the few people that I'm, I'm a very natural girl. I don't. I don't wear makeup. That's mm-hmm. not my thing. You know, I always have my natural locks, you know, mm-hmm. so. But I was pretty much the only person that was allowed to look like how I look. And so at the beginning or not like so the beginning, but like within the first year, I developed a relationship um, with one of the managers and she just used to do stuff that I wasn't necessarily OK with. But sometimes you just take it because you just you have to like sit back and think and like, wait a minute, like, is this happening? So like every time she would have training groups, she would call me over and she's like, so this is Q. As you can see, she's the only one allowed to look like this. And 
it happened. Oh, yeah, I'm not joking. So it happened. Like at first, I was just like, okay, and then it was happening. And then towards like the end, when I just when I when I was mentally checked out from the place, I was just like, what does she mean allowed to look like this? Like you mean like uh, my allowed to look like myself? Right. Because right. I don't like put on a like I don't have to do all of that to be a server because that's not what makes you good at your job. Yeah. The amount no. of makeup you're wearing or, you know, however you wear your hair. Like I've never had an issue. So like you using me as an example is like a it's just so rude. What the hell do you mean? Yeah. What are you like? So a lot of the other like the 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 training these these people would notice it because toward the end I was just I was annoyed with it you know so I would probably look kind of annoyed and just like hey everybody you know and and I would just yeah, like I'm being away. single I'm being singled out hi that's what happens to me I guess <laughs> and can can I ask is this uh, does this do they have um like diverse hiring practices so you know they do to a certain extent like so at one point. It was a very, I remember at one point it was a very diverse restaurant because mm-hmm. um, even customers used to notice like, oh, your restaurant is diverse. Customers used to say it to me like, oh, I love this. And then like, I know at one, like within like a two week span, they fired like almost every like black person. It was so bizarre. And it was just like me and like maybe one or two other people. And, and this is coming from like a staff, like it's so many workers here. So there's a lot of people. And I was like, just for little petty stuff, like, oh, Yelp review. Oh, bad attitude. Oh, you talk back. Oh, like just for anything, you know, just any little thing they can get people on. Like Yelp reviews that have not now been deleted since, but we don't have to get into that. No. Um, nah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but customers started noticing and they started like saying things to me like, oh, are they trying to widen up the restaurant? Like, oh, like you need to be careful. Like, I'm surprised that they haven't like that. You still work here. I'm surprised that like they haven't fired you yet. And I was like, for them, I was like, they're like poster child. I was like, I, I was always able to be like, you know, your token black girl that's going to be like, right. oh, no, 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 we're not. We're not racist. We have Q. Q doesn't wear makeup. You know, it's it's fine. Q, you know, like Q is, I our, just, Q is our get out of jail. It's free so yeah, interesting. I check the know? boxes for them. Like even them saying something like this is cute. She's the only one that's able or allowed to do this. And like it's it, 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 there's like two sides. It's like they're afraid of you. And then also at the same time, it's like you have all these newbies just like writing notes and being like, don't dress like Q. Like that's what's being like written down. It's so right. fucked up. It, this is all, this is this. Well, <laughs> and also I feel like too, or to be like, um, uh, yeah, you can't like, you can be uh, like this version of black. You can be like, right. Where like other types, we're not sure because we don't have you like under our thumb the way we have Q right now. So, you know, I don't know. That's really, really creepy and problematic um yeah like for and sure then, like i just i and there were other like girls that would have issues other black girls will, if they would come in with their natural hair or without mm-hmm. makeup and they would get sat down like the the term they use was you're not looking polished yeah. that's that's what they used to say yeah um wow, like oh you're that's... not looking polished today and they're like what like well, oh your ha- your hair is wild or and then they they would say stuff like, "Well, what about Q?" And they're like, "Well, Q is the exception. Q like, 
what I don't want to be the exception. Yeah, right. And and just such a mind fuck. And and you know, obviously there's like you know very well there's so much racism against natural hair. Yeah. You know? And like if a if a white girl came in, you know, with just like blonde hair slipped back into a ponytail looking super low key, she would pass. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. She would pass. They wouldn't tell her to go glow up and then come back you know, and mm-hmm. be on the floor. Like that's, I mean, there's just so much to unpack here because we've definitely also talked about the toxic, you know, work environment also for just being a woman, mm-hmm. but also being a black woman in this, or, I don't know anything about the bosses or managers over, you know, overseeing meetings and stuff like that. I don't know. It's usually like tons of white dudes running a restaurant group. That's yeah, that's it's it's a it's women it's women and men, it's both because the women were horrible and just as sexist. It was horrible. Um they were they were just as bad. Because it's like, like a, yeah. it like it, it brainwashes you into feeling like you're supposed to be this way because if you're not this way, you're gonna get in trouble with your boss. You know, and that's why I like for like the managers sometimes, especially the the ones that I they move you up very quickly because they can't keep people in management positions, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they move you up very quickly. So we have these twenty year olds getting moved up to server, getting moved up to shift lead, mm-hmm. getting moved up to salary manager, and they are young and they don't really know. And so anytime they're not enforcing your ridiculous rules, they're getting in trouble and and then their bosses are going to get in trouble. It just was crazy. Like, it was just like, so I was just like, this whole restaurant needs to like go down. The corporate, down. The corporate vibe over. with that is so bad. Not to mention like these restaurants that are corporate or just in general, the restaurant industry, while being discriminatory, racist, there's toxic masculinity seeped through the whole thing. And women, oh. and women who become in positions of power who, who are management levels, they soak all that shit up too. They soak all the shit up. And, and because as we've all had to, maybe at some point in our life, it's getting easier now, but you also have to play by the rules of the boys club um, so that you can keep that position of power. And so you see women selling out other women who are their staff so that they keep their favor with the white men in charge, you know, and it's just this horrifying environment for anyone to really like thrive in, you know, um, and so now you you basically once kind of stuff went down um, because of covid and probably like with everything and all the outcries and like, you know, like literally trying to dismantle um, the police at this point. I, I think you really stepped up at that point and was like, while we're talking about it, you know, and then popped up on um, on Twitter and Instagram. So what what was your approach and what was the uh, reaction? So um, one of my co-workers or former co-workers, actually, she still works with the company. Um, she she reached out to me um, and she's just like, hey, like, how do you feel about Joey not making a statement or saying anything about, you know, the like black lives or racial injustice or anything, mm-hmm. considering that they have a they want to pride themselves on diversity and inclusion, but they won't say anything. And she's like, I, like I sent them emails. They didn't respond. And at first I was like, you know, you know what? I don't care. It's not my problem. I don't work there anymore. That's what I said to her. It's like, you know what? I don't work there anymore. Not my problem. And then like maybe a week later, like that didn't even sit well with me that I said Mm -hmm. it. Like maybe like a week later, she reached back out to me because they ended up posting the black box on Instagram. You know, that's all they put. 
that That's huge gesture, did. that really, yeah. really brave gesture. <laughs> and then she reached out to me again. And I was like, wait, are you serious? And I, then like, if you go to the comments on that, that post that they've now turned off, but we don't have to get into that. Okay. Um, <laughs> they like that post, it was just full of like, had over a hundred comments um, of black workers at Joey. It's a chain, 40 plus restaurants all over Canada. And the ones in Seattle, too. Just all these people started saying, like, wait, you're posting a black box? You know, just basically calling them out. So I looked at it and I was like, are you serious? And then, like, the girl that, you know, was reaching out said, you know what? I think I'm going to call them out today. And she's like, you should do it because I can't believe that they haven't even responded to my emails or, like, anything like that. Mind you, this is a white girl. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and she, you know, she just standing up for people. Like, and, and she's been with the company for years, like, seven or something like eight like for years um so I was like you know maybe I will and like a couple of my close friends that don't work there anymore I was like you know I'm gonna call them out and they're like do it and I was like all right (laughs) I just sat down and I just started typing everything that I felt and thought about in that moment I just let it pour out and then I reread it and I was like this is harsh, but this is the truth. And I'm going to post it. I never thought that it would, I I did not think it was going to be all of this. You know, like I knew that some of my coworkers would agree with me, you know, and, but I didn't expect it would go crazy. Like the way it went, but I was very respected when I worked there because I treated people like a human being for starters, you know, and I always like had my coworkers back. Like I said, that this place was awful. People used to cry all the time to me and and, you know, so I just picked a lot of people up over the years that I worked there and I and I just treated people like humans. So it automatically like just caught the attention of all of my coworkers immediately. Um, some of them just started calling and quitting, you know, like so. And then and then it just it just exploded. People just started reaching out. I had for like the first week, I just every day it was just like. 100 new DMs, 100 new DMs. Like, I couldn't even read them all. Like, I just got a couple of emails the other day that I haven't even, like, had a chance to really look at. But it just blew up. And I didn't know. I was like, this is crazy. Whether it was, like, a a person of color who feels like they have been discriminated against or a woman that was treated completely unfairly, you know, whether whether it was back of house, you know, Mm -hmm. Hispanic guy that they won't move up. Or, you know, it's front of house, black girl that they won't move up. It's just, it was just so many people. And I'm like, you guys are in Vancouver, Toronto. Wow. I don't even know all these places. Edmonton. I'm sorry. I have the chills. You, you did it. You like threw the match, you know, and you're like, watch it burn Joey's. Yeah. You canceled um, Joey's. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. Hell Yeah. It was just crazy. Like, I don't even know what my intention was. I just wanted to call them out. And, you know, and, you know, once my posts went viral, then they they issued their apology, donated their Mm. 50K, even though they they make that in one Saturday night. But whatever they don't at one location, they donated 50K and Mm -hmm. basically said, sorry, you know, we didn't we didn't realize this was happening. Sorry. You know, no, you knew it was happening. No, you built you you built the culture. What are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, and then, you know, everybody started getting in those comments like, um, this apology is not enough. So they're just like, all right, let's turn off the comments for community safety. Mm. That's, yeah, community safety. Bitches. 
bitches. Who who needs to be saved other than anybody that worked at your establishment? They truly want to change. There's a lot of work they're going to have to do to... Mm You know, and and the thing is, people people do respond to change. When you see a, a group taking the steps, you might kind of be walking in, kind of going like, "All right, well, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I'll I'll give them the benefit of the doubt if they've tried to implement the right thing." You know, you can do it, but what what you have to prove is that you're humbling yourself, you're admitting that what you had done was wrong, and that it's going to be hard, and you are dedicated to learn moving forward. You know. Yeah. Like no one gets it perfect right out of the gates by any means, but the effort is what people need to see. Right. And if there's any message out there right now, that's fucking it. Like exactly. do the work, right. do your research, shut up and listen, ask what you can do differently, how you can be an ally. Like now is the time, you know, we, we advocate so much on this podcast queue for like server justice, front of house, back of house. And it's like, we have always known that like you know that that there's poison in the well in in many ways that we all keep like mm-hmm. feeding off of in this industry because it's like what we love to do at the end of the day because you really kind of are your own boss within a restaurant you're efficient and you do your own thing and yes you do answer to like who your boss is but like it everything needs to be dismantled in so many ways right so so, so many so many jobs and corporations and the way things work it all needs to be rethought it's not that it, we can't dismantle it because yes, I don't want to take away um, a, a, a job where people are like, I make great money. Where else can you make $300 in a night, make your own shift? Like, that's not what I mean. You know, I think when people are saying defund the police, it's not like, no, they don't just all go away. And I think this idea of dismantling restaurants is the culture from the top down has to fully change because yeah, we all should be able to make as much money as we as we want to and have a flexible schedule, but not be harassed at work. I mean, there's HR in like every other industry where employees have rights and the service industry is the wild west still. That's what's really wrong. We're interested in forming, you know, um, seeing about helping form unions for more protection um, for workers. And, you know, the other thing, Andrea and I um, basically uh, attended a webinar yesterday that was hosted by um, One Fair Wage and um, ROC, and also um, an organization called Raise. And like they, it was great. It was restaurant owners from across the U.S. who wanted to learn how to implement racial equity into their restaurant going forward to make fine dining accessible and encourage more people of color, more women to have these higher paid positions within the restaurant. We just learned so much, too, that just like it's the tiers of the different style of restaurant, um, which goes from like it's like quick serve. Right. And then family style and fine dining. And then even within those are are like tier one and tier two employees. So seeing the disparity that it's just more likely that white men are going to get tier one in fine dining or soak up most of the tips and um, have like the best shifts and all that stuff within even like these mid-level restaurants. Fuck you. And so the reaction, there's like a big Twitter, right? Just like support. There's a, there's like a real snowball effect happening. And it seems like you had uh, your tweets. And I'm sorry, you were on Insta, you were posting on Instagram and, and getting uh, after Instagram, them. Mostly Instagram, yeah. Most, mostly Instagram, sorry. But you were getting amplified by celebrities. Yeah. You know, how... Um, 
That's because um, the, the thing is the clientele, like at, the, at Joey, it's a very high-end clientele. It's mm-hmm. in Woodland Hills and it's like right near Calabasas. So this is like the nice place that everybody goes to. Um, I know the Kardashians filmed there a few times. It's yes. just one of those places, you know? So of course, okay. all of the, we get a lot of just athletes and like a lot mm-hmm. of just everything, like everything. It's, it's just, it's a very high-end clientele. And because I was the one working five days a week, consistently worked there for almost, you know, three and a half years or so. And I was working, my shift was usually 12 to nine. That's considered a double in California. But okay. yeah, I never really got off at nine, but I was always there for lunch and then I was there for dinner. You so you know, saw so, everybody. Mm-hmm. You saw everybody that came everybody. in. Everybody. Yeah, I saw everybody. So I just, I ended up like reaching out. And you know, a lot of the girls that worked there, they're like Instagram famous and stuff like mm, that too. Okay. So when they were reposting it, you know, just everybody was seeing this stuff. Like, so I reached out personally to like a couple of friends that I had, like, um, you know, I'm just like, look, this is what's going on. You know, I know you probably don't know, um, but here. So a lot of people are like a couple of them like reposted it. And like a few of them just said to me, like, we'll never give them our business again. It just it just kind of blew up like that. Wow. That's going to be really interesting to see. And have you now that restaurants are operating again, was your job offered back to you despite? (laughs) (laughs) That's she's shaking her head. No, so did they ask you to come back and shift lead? Absolutely not. You didn't get like you didn't get like a trio of wines in a basket. Nothing like that was sent to you. I like. Not on, you know, nothing. Um, I know, like, when I first made the post, one of the managers just, like, called but didn't leave a message or anything. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. And, you know, since then, like, the really big... Well, the one brown guy in the company um, up, up, up at the top, he, like, called me from Canada, asked me what my mission... Well, he left a voicemail and answered, but he's like, what's your mission? And... We are on the same team. I just didn't even like that he started with. So, so what's your mission? Like, what, what do you, what do you, what do you want? Yeah. Out of what's your basically? agenda? What like, are you trying to? Yeah. 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 Sounds, sounds like, like, it sounds like they sent him in to get Intel. They're like, can you go like, you know, be like brown people together? Go, go use some of that brown person Intel. Well, here's the see thing. If you can get in there. This is a corporate Come restaurant on. company. So what's in the corporate, <laughs> in the handbook, what's the Joey's way on how to greet a table? Isn't that how he should have started the conversation? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What are you guys supposed um, to say when you genuine, genuine warmth and care? Um, <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, but like, no matter what, with us, it sucks too because, like, as women, like, only girls were allowed to work in the lounge, which is the bar, with the exception of we had the male bartenders sometimes, you know, but they weren't serving; they were bartenders. Um, so only girls could serve in the lounge and. At, you know, it's a bar. It's at the end of the day, the lounge is a bar. It's twenty one and up at that size, so it just got like dudes got like very handy, yeah, handsy, it's fucking and, like, obvious. Rowdy, what's going and they on. didn't do anything. Ugh. They didn't do. They didn't care. Like, I, like I remember, they were like straight up regulars. I'm like to my manager, like this dude always tries to kiss me. I don't even feel comfortable being around him. And she's like, "Well, just try not to go near the table." What? Yeah, you're like that's the that's the what the job is to go near the table. <laughs> 
to give I'm them like, the things. No, how about this is a regular. So you as a manager, just like sit, pull them to the side. Like, hey, just so you know, you're making some girls uncomfortable. You At least do that much. You know, you don't want to kick them out because they don't want to lose any customers ever. How about Joey's. showing them? How about showing them genuine care and warmth? With your fist, you know, or your middle finger <laughs> or your, you know, <laughs> this is so much, you know, it's like you have this environmental, you said like, I mean, 70, how, how many sections, like how many tables are in this place? Um, a lot. Um, and the lot, let me say, so on like a busy Saturday night in the lounge, I think a full lounge would be depending on who the servers are, because if mm-hmm. I was in the lounge, probably run with less servers but Mm -hmm. if without me it was probably like at least six six to seven and that's just the lounge area and that's not including the um the four bartenders wow Um, and then you go to the dining room it's massive so it's going to be about seven servers there maybe eight wow maybe more because there's those are the big booths where all the families and the kids sit you know so and that that's not including all of the essays running around um Mm -hmm. we usually had two essays and a bar back in the lounge two to three essays in the dining room. And then the patio is massive. There's on like, this is a busy night. Two bartenders out there and I think another like six to seven servers. So it just depends. And that's with three to four table sections, like three to four table sections for the most part. I mean, it's just a lot to be like, especially when you unpack that this is in Woodland Hills where you have a lot of people who are more known or rich or celebrity type. Yeah. That like, it's more of an excused behavior, which is horrible to begin with. Which is just not okay, yep. generally. Um, it's 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 basically just just wealth above everything else. You know, yeah. don't upset the wealthy person. The good news is there are some really good young new players who are changing the game. Who immediately like made me feel so excited for when things are maybe sort of back up and running and not all COVIDy to like seek out a job with someone like. Um, I learned her name yesterday and then seriously like spent the whole night Googling stories about her. But her name is Irene Lee. And in Boston, she runs this uh, restaurant called, I think it's Maymay or Mimi. It's M-E-I-M-E-I. She set up her entire restaurant so that every employee learns how to do every job, has the ability to own stock um, in the restaurant so they're invested in it there's just so much more training that goes in from the top they all know how to balance the book so they all can see and have access to the razor thin margins that actually happens in a restaurant and to know how they're all um, basically making it equitable for themselves by like I don't know how else to say it other than like it makes you feel so valued and gives you an opportunity to learn maybe do this for yourself down the road with real life experience it's so empowering yeah and she says specifically that um she believes that it's about recognition and equity and really seeing our staff as people we are able to live and uh live our values as a community and that's what brings meaning to work so she's building a community within her business which is she's building a utopia I have goosebumps reading about her right? that's amazing well can can i ask you like what would you what do you want to see from joey's what would what would like blow your mind if they implemented some sort of change well i mean for starters you can't really pride yourself on diversity and inclusion if you don't mm-hmm. have 
any in the higher ups. Like you don't have any in your corporate office. Like you guys, out of all of these restaurants you have, you only have a handful of salary managers, not even VPs or anything that you can call when all of this is going down. You don't even have anybody like you don't, your PR team should have never told you that. And I'm sure if you had some diversity, it would have never went down like that. You know, like Mm -hmm. they have to take it, start from the top. You know, they have to, that there's all these rich white men can't tell you how to do this. Like they can't practice diversity and all of that because that's not, they're not even about it. You know, they're not about it. And I'm not trying to cut you off, but then you also find out too, that like Republican senators all have shares in oh, these yeah. corporations. So it completely, it starts from even way higher. Yeah. I think it's like you have all these uh, corporations, they hire HR, they're like, they have like diversity within their contract. But what it really comes down to, and a lot of things that One Fair Wage talks about, is this term implicit bias, which is basically how all of our brains are just built to be racist. And we only see white people everywhere. And that's it. You know what I mean? And, And how the system is just built for racism. And like, we need to change that. And I think when we really talk about it too, companies can change, but that's not going to change statistics and how customers view servers who are like, you know, people of color, how, how fucking like people who are customers who are people of color are viewed by servers. Like this all needs to change, you know, statistically like black women make less tips. It's, they can't go up in a role, you know? And it's like, nobody, it's, Nobody can get ahead because, again, of these implicit biases. And I think if Joey is going to like go to change and try and change, they have to look at the big picture. All of these restaurants have to look at a bigger picture. They can't just say, "Oh, well, HR this." And it's like, well, statistically, you don't you don't even have people of color like coming to like apply at your fucking restaurant because it's obvious you don't want people there in the first place like that. You know, this yeah. all has to change. Thanks for letting me talk. I'm passionate. You know. But, have have mm-hmm. you have we ever considered maybe maybe they suck because they're Canadian? No, I thought about that too, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. But I also sort of not. Canada's got its own version. I think it just goes to yeah, show Canada that it's has everywhere. a whole separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the whole. They have their own issues there too, mm-hmm. and all those people that reached out definitely helped me. I was like. I didn't even know it was like bad like this everywhere. This mm-hmm. isn't even the same country and we have identical experiences. I couldn't even believe some of the stories I read. Like, cause some people had it way worse than me because I was like one of those people where I, at the beginning, I was like such a yes man. You know, when you just start mm-hmm. a job. So I was mm-hmm. such a yes man. And on top of being a yes man, I was good at my job. That's all they needed. A yes mm-hmm. man that's good at their job. So, of course, like they they show favoritism towards me that they didn't to other people. And towards the end, like I just remember sitting down with manager, like everybody at the table would get in trouble for doing something. But I would be at that same table and they wouldn't say anything to me like it. It was too much because like I'm like I'm watching my you guys fire like my friends and like for the same thing that I'm I'm sitting here. You don't even mention it to me. And I was just like. I didn't ask for this. I was like, I don't want, I was like, you don't know how this makes me look to my peers. Like these are my friends. These are my coworkers. And you guys are being like, just picking and choosing. I don't want to be on the end of this. I want to get punished with everybody else. Like (laughs) ground me, just please ground me. Let me, let me do bad. It was just so weird. Like I said, I was that person for them. Like I was, Mm -hmm. you know, like, yeah, I know a part of them was like, okay, we're scared of Q. But another part of them was like, okay, we need Q because 
she checks all the boxes we need her to check. Right. You know, I think when you did you feel like when you like left, were you just like, was I in a fucked up cult for a minute? Like, you know, (laughs) I feel like, (laughs) you know, you really get to a point, you know, because all the, you know, when new people would come and they would try to talk to me and complain, I'm like, you know, just look, try to give it a few months because you can make money. But this is how it is like. Like, oh, it's not fair they did this to my section. Like, I'm like, yeah, it's just how it is. Like, you know, so I like, I became so adjusted to it that I'm just like, well, that's just Joey. That's just Joey. Anytime, and I started to speak up about, I'm very vocal anyway, you know, but I started to like, you know, that last year I was working there, trust me, they weren't going to call me back whether I made the post or not. Um, (laughs) Because I started calling them out on everything. Like, you just unfairly fired this girl for Yelp review, but your whole entire um, guest service, they all have bad Yelp reviews every single night. Like they're all on the page, but you fire her and you and you sit me down with HR and just say, well, we can fire somebody for something and not fire somebody else for something because we can. It's our company. Like, uh, OK, um, you know, and oh, you just fired somebody for eating on the clock. And you because you said it was unprofessional. I was like, well, I was at the same table and I was eating too because we do this all the time. Like, how about you punish your night manager if it's that big of an issue? The manager that was also at the table hanging out and talking with us while we were there eating, you know, it's just... It's just so messed up. It it just feels like, on so many levels, it feels like what, you know, also like, like white people are waking up to like the reality that it's like black people get punished way more disproportionately for anything a white person has gotten away with boldly their entire life. And this is like that kind of picking and choosing where it's like, yeah, but all the white girls do that every night. But this person did it once and they got to go like they sound like cops at the end of a month who have to like issue all their tickets for the for the you know for the quarter and they're just suddenly like all right who can we fuck up and you know and don't care about and then like you punch down when you do shit like that. Exactly. I just think a small amount of power you have as like a manager in a restaurant is always abused. I've always thought that. Like it really is. Like it's, it means so meaningless. Like relax. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially an assistant Calm manager. Down. Like that 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 AGM vibe. It's so much. Everybody wants to be the big guy in charge. See? Well, I got news for you. As my post got more popular, people, mm-hmm. former like managers, salary managers that quit because they were like, this is BS, started just telling me all the processes, like the hiring processes or how um, the HR lady and our um, regional, like him and her, like, no, we can't hire any more black people. Like, oh, no, we have enough black people or she looks ghetto. Just all stuff. I'm like, I really worked at this company all this time, like. And these people were like this and they were so you, you're you so comfortable. You're saying it to other people. And this is just and it wasn't necessarily other white people. It was sometimes Asian people, mm-hmm. just just mm-hmm. not black people. And you're saying it to anybody that will listen, you know, as, as long as they're not black or when they are getting ready to fire yet another black girl, they pull, you know, the manager to the side. The white girl say, hey, bring so and so with you. Another girl who's a minority, um, like bring so and so with you so it doesn't look like. Um, a white girl is firing another black person. Just all this Jeez. stuff, you know. People just, you know, started telling me all like, yeah, this this is what they used to do when I was there. They had me do this. I'm just like, you guys suck. Like, they need to fire some people. That's what I want them to do. Yeah. They need a clean house. Like, clean house. Shake it down, man. It's true. And this is so house, powerful. Like, what's 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 happened and and what has been created because of your voice. 
but like this is one one corporation one restaurant corporation out of how many one out of how many years of this shit building and building and happening every day um you know and it's just amazing to me that they can put that much thought into how not to seem racist that it's like how about you work harder on not just being racist like that's so much exactly. effort right. to avoid being called out versus learning how to change your behavior. Oh right. God! Yeah, and good lord, and, restaurants. Am I right? Uh, <laughs> um, but one fair wage in this, we did brush brush and talk about the seminar, and we can repost too. Is that they the seminar we did? They have a whole toolkit you as a restaurant mm-hmm. can have for free and start to ingest and start to change and start to implement all these different tools if you're out there and listening as a manager as a server who wants to introduce this introduce this into your restaurant and how to change I mean, the way things are run you just have to I mean, be willing owners. to do the work yeah you have to do the fucking work right this is all work it just you're not going to snap your fingers and it's done it's going to take a while and people are going to have to work hard exactly exactly i agree 100 percent Awesome. Good chat, ladies. Um, (laughs) Good chat. And Q, seriously, uh, if you're bouncing back and forth from St. Louis to L.A. ever, like, it'd be great to have you back. Check up on you down the road. Um, You're a friend of the pod now. We appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you even like finding my story and reaching out. That's like pretty major. Q, how, how can people find you? What's your Instagram handle? Oh, um, I'm at Killer Season on everything. K-I-L-L-A-S-E-A-S-O-N-N. Killer Season with two N's on literally all of my social media. Awesome. Nice. Awesome. Nice, nice. Well, we wish you the best. So much luck with the move. Stay safe. Thank you. I appreciate both of you. Holy shit, Brooke. I feel like we keep uh, having a lot of really awesome, powerful conversations with amazing people. It's good. It's, it's important that, you know, what what Q has shared and how she amplified it and snowballed it. It's important that we can do that too. So that more of you can hear it, recognize it, speak out about what you're going through and uh, fight the good fight, fight back everybody. Absolutely. Time for change. As always, you guys, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. You can still support us. Like we said at the top of the show by going, liking, rating, reviewing Spotify, Apple Podcast. Send us those server-submitted stories. Check us out on lastpodcastnetwork.com. All right. Anything? I miss anything? I don't think so. We're so we're so thorough. Uh, yeah, I guess we're just going to do this again next week. Mm-hmm. And, and, and until then, you know what we say. Godspeed. And good tips. And also good health. And good fight. Oh, thanks for listening, you guys. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Maybe you could do like a long distance like uh, head situation where a man puts a didgeridoo onto your <laughs> vagina and just... <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>